Am I on, Daniel? Yes, I'm on. All right, can you hear me now? Sound like a sound like the Verizon man here. Oh, let's see. All right. Morning. It is that time of day, isn't it? Well, I was talking with a few people before the service, and this sermon, it didn't quite come together the way that I wanted it to. Uh, Well, basically, I know my passage, but I'm not exactly sure why I'm presenting to you the passage that I am today. Uh, It's easy if you have a theme that you want to go with for your message or you know what you're supposed to be presenting. Well, today, this is a passage that stood out to me, but I'm not sure exactly why it's going to be impactful to you today. And so I hope as we go through this passage that God is going to take his word and he's going to work into your lives, and that he is going to show you through the example of Israel uh, something that you can apply to your lives today. Before we start, let's pause for a word of prayer, because I want God to speak through me today. Father, I thank you so much for for the opportunity that we have to look at your word together and that you speak to us through these ancient words that we have from literally thousands of years ago, Lord, and that they are still just as true and just as impactful today as they were when they were written. I pray that as we look at the example of Israel, that we will take away from this today something that we can directly apply to our lives. I thank you for always being with me. I pray that I will step out of the way today, Father, and allow you to speak into people's hearts and into people's minds. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I don't know about you, but I'm about ready for this election season to be over. Uh, It's not that I actively follow all of the elections, it's that I can't get away from them. There's always an an advertisement or something that's uh, toting the glories of one candidate and the faults of another. Uh, It's not necessarily that there's, that they've, that they're telling blatant lies about the other person is that they've picked a specific truth, maybe something they've done, maybe uh, something they've said, and take that truth and twist it the way that they want. So at the end of it, Mother Teresa could be Hitler's next of kin. I mean, that's, that's just the way it seems that, that the election ha- elections have gone. And it's not not just the national, not just the state, not just the local. It's all of them. But as I 
as I was thinking about that, a lot of times that's the same thing that we do in our lives. We, we focus on a particular truth, and whether it's good or bad, we, we twist it, we, we bring it around so it, it puts us in the best possible light that we can be in. Now, wouldn't it be nice, well, maybe it wouldn't be nice, but wouldn't it be refreshing if we could just get a completely honest, unbiased uh, look at our lives the way that God sees them, the way that God sees our life. And sometimes, sometimes I, I think, yeah, that would be really nice. It would be really nice to see what exactly God thinks of me and what exactly he thinks of what I'm doing. And then I start thinking about it, and I say, well, maybe that could wait till next week. We're looking at Ezekiel chapter 34. If you have your Bibles, please turn there. Uh, we're going to be going through it very quick, <clears throat> which in preacher terms, that's half an hour. But today, we are... We are looking at a time when God is telling both the leaders of Israel and the people of Israel exactly what he thinks about what they're doing. And he's not happy. In fact, he's pretty well ticked off. Now, before we get any farther into this, how many of you have siblings? How many of you watched your siblings get chewed out by your parents at least once? Okay, that's kind of what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be watching the children of Israel. Uh, as far as the faith goes, they're our older siblings. They've been following God a lot longer than, than we have. And at, at this point, this is uh, probably between 400 and 1,000 years before Christ came on the scene. So this is, this is old stuff. But we're going to be watching them. Now, we need to be careful that we're not gloating at them because, oh, they're getting chewed out by God. This is rather an opportunity for us to learn, an opportunity for us to not make the same mistakes that the children of Israel made. And so we're going to jump right into this. This, this passage breaks down into two basic sections. On the one hand, God is talking to the leaders of Israel, which he, which he calls the shepherds of Israel. He's talking directly to those who are in the positions of leadership. And then in the last half, he's going to be talking to the flock in general, the people of Israel who maybe aren't necessarily in the role of leadership, but still have that position of influence. So we're going to jump right into this. And... The first thing that we're going to see is his evaluation of the shepherds of Israel. Starting in verse 1, And the word of the Lord, this is Ezekiel chapter 34, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, 
Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they have, so they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth. Not one was seeking or searching for them. All right, we're going to stop right there. This is his evaluation of the leadership in Israel. Now, this would have been the tribe of Judah because it's the kingly tribe. That's where all the kings and leaders of the national head of Israel came from, but also of the Levites, who were the spiritual leaders in Israel. And his basic evaluation of them is, you have failed. How have you, how have they failed? Well, the first thing that they are concerned about is they're concerned about feeding themselves rather than they're concerned about feeding the flock. Uh, Now, as I was looking at this passage, there's a lot of ways that we can apply this. Because my first obvious thought was, as the church, those who are in leadership in the church have a definite position. They have have a responsibility to the flock of God. In fact, when when Jesus was reinstating Peter, after Peter had denied him three times, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Shepherd my flock. There's a... There's a direct correlation for us in the church and this passage. Those who are in leadership are to be taking care of the flock, even to their own hurt. Um, but maybe, maybe this is too general. Maybe this is too abstract. Let's think of it in in a smaller setting. Think of it in the setting of the family where the father is the head, the shepherd of the family. There's going to be problems if the father's only looking out for his own interests and not for the interests of the family. And so we can learn from this. So the first thing that God wasn't impressed with was the shepherds were looking out for their own interests, not the interests of the flock. They weren't going out and they weren't seeking the lost sheep, the people who had wandered away 
from Israel, the people who had been, in this case, probably taken away from Israel. Now remember, we're, we're not looking at this to beat up on the nation of Israel, on the children of Israel. But rather, let's look at this. How can we not make the same mistakes that they did? Well, let's look at the next section. Because this is where God is passing judgment on the shepherds. Starting in verse 7, Therefore you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as I live, says the Lord. Surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock. But the shepherds, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall be fed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. So, this is God's first response. He's dealing with the shepherds. He's dealing with those in the positions of leadership in those who are supposed to be looking out for the people and saying, okay, you're not, going, you're not doing your job. You're not doing what I told you to do, so I'm taking this job away from you. When we are in positions of leadership, this is something that we need to very much take heed to. It's not so much that leadership is... A right, leadership is a privilege. When God has, as I think about the nation of Israel, God gave the tribe of Levi the privilege of being his priests, of being the servants that were serving the people and serving before God. He gave the tribe of Judah the, the lineage of kings. And yet, within those tribes, he took people out who were not doing their job. Uh, you look at all the kings of Israel, and one after another, whether both in the both when the kingdom was when the kingdom of Israel was all one country, and when it was two countries, you looked at all the kings in the northern. Northern Israel, there were bad kings continually, and God continually took them out. He kept changing them out. In the southern, southern kingdom known as Judah, there were both good kings and bad kings. And God would continually take those bad kings out, uh, try to get better kings in place. And the fact that the southern kingdom of Judah had a few good kings was the reason that they lasted for several hundred more years before they were eventually taken into captivity. You also look at the priests. Uh, Aaron was the first high priest, and he had two sons. 
their names escape me right off, right off hand. But they went into the temple and offered a sacrifice. It said they offered strange fire to God, strange incense. It was something God had told them definitely not to. And God killed them for it. When we are in positions of leadership, it's not a right. It's a privilege. What's more, we're going to see that it's more of a privilege because God doesn't necessarily need us to do his work, but he allows us to help in his work. Now, why do I say this? Well, let's look at the next few verses. Picking up in verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day that day he is among okay as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep so i will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on on a cloudy and dark day and i will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries i will bring them to their own land i will feed them on the mountains of israel in the valleys and in the inhabited places of the country I will feed them in the good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what what was lost and bring back what was driven away and bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the... Fat and the strong, and feed them in judgment. When I said that leadership was a privilege, God is telling Israel, listen, God is telling the shepherds of Israel, listen, you didn't do your job, so I'm going to do it myself. Now, ultimately, we see this fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ, who in certain places is called the good shepherd. Whereas the shepherds that we read about here were worried about feeding themselves, Jesus Christ was worried about the flock. In fact, he is the good shepherd that gave his life for the sheep. That's quite a bit of that's quite a difference there, don't you think? Seeing shepherds who are more worried about their own lives, about their own bellies, and then seeing Jesus Christ, who did not stop even at the point of death to bring his sheep back. Now you can you can look at it however you want. Uh, I was thinking particularly of families when I when I read this, when I thought about this, and how the husband is to 
love his wife as Christ loved the church. And as I looked at that, I, well, how did Christ exactly love the church? Well, he gave himself for the church. The funny thing is, he gave himself for the church when the church didn't want him. He gave himself for his own people when his own people didn't want him, didn't want to be ruled by him. And yet, he gave himself. Just an interesting thought. All right. Well, I was going to talk about the flock, but I know there's a lot of people who want to get to a soccer game today. Uh, I will let you look at the last half of Ezekiel chapter 34 yourself, but when you're reading this last half, that would be verses 20 through 31. Uh, Think about it in, in light of Romans chapter 14. Read those two together. That'll be, that'll be your homework for this week. Read that last half of Ezekiel 34 and then read Romans chapter 14. See how they're similar. See how they, uh, see how they work together. Let's look at that very last verse. Verse 31. You are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are men, and I am your God, says the Lord God. We've just looked at some of the ways that Israel failed. We've looked at the failure of their shepherds and God having to say, okay, you messed this up so much that I'm going to come and do it myself. I really hope that's not the testimony that I have to have one day. That God says, you know, you're, you're running, you, you ran so far in the opposite direction that I've had to come after you and I've had to drag you back. But I'm so thankful that he will. Because ultimately, we are men and women. And he is our God. As you go out today, I want you to go out in the awe that we have such a God who, even though he disciplines us, will stop at nothing to bring us back, to bring us to the point where he wants us to be. He may give us privileges, he may take privileges away. But ultimately it's because he loves us, he wants us to come into that relationship that he sent his son to die for so we could have that relationship with him. And just go realizing that you are serving the God, the only true God. 
who, whether he chastens you or whether he gives you all good things, loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Brooke, will you come up and probably have time for one more song? Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you that you you are that good shepherd that pursues us when we run. You are that good shepherd who gives us privileges and takes privileges away. And you are that good shepherd that loves us so much that even though we fail, even though we mess up, you will continue to come after us, to pursue us, and bring us back. And I thank you that you continue to do that. And Father, I pray that we will, be, we will be a good flock, and we will be submissive to you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.